0: Due to modern technology seems like life is full with many people being disconnected. You can walk into a room with people full, not talking to each other audibly, but texting to each other. Life's about how we connect through communication. Matter of fact, new buildings are built with that in mind to make room for electronic connectivity and wireless access. Do you remember the days you were able to walk into an airport and you didn't see anybody looking at a screen, but they were all talking and walking around? Now, you could just freely walk in. Now, they have charging hubs where you can charge your phone, your laptop, your iPad, your tablet, whatever Gizmo you have. You can charge it in. They already provide the cables for you, so you don't have to worry about your cables. You see that now in hospital waiting rooms that people can charge their phones while they're waiting and visiting somebody. Now that's a common form of hospitality to help everybody stay connected through their devices. Matter of fact, new devices are made to help keep people even more connected and accessible throughout the day. Think about how on your smart device you can check to see when your children made it home from a camera you installed at your house. You can speak to them and say, hi, baby, hi, all right, food's in the refrigerator. You can stay connected. Since you love your smart devices so much, matter of fact, they sell you items to help protect it because you respect it so much. You want it to be protected from water, so you buy protection to keep it safe from water. You don't want to scratch up your beautiful screen, so you get a screen protector to protect the screen. You want to make sure you have extended life batteries, so you buy extended battery charger to add on to it. You buy a travel charger. You got a compact charger. You got a charger that can stick in your pocket. You want to make sure you stay connected with a smart device. But yet, do you stay connected to a wise God? How connected are you to God? Do you protect yourself to stay connected to God as you protect your smart device? Do you ensure that you are charged up as you ensure your smart device is charged up? Do you ensure you put your connected device as a, you're in a space where it can receive reception? Everybody been there before? Can you hear me? Can you hear me trying to find a center? Do you put yourself in a position that you can hear from God? And get instructions. And get direction. If you fear God, then that wouldn't be a problem for you. Because when you fear him, you reverence him, you respect him enough that you say, Lord, I want to be where you are. I want to stay connected to you. To fear God is not to be to be frightened of him or to be terrified of him. But to fear him is to respect him. is to revere him. Where we get the word reverence from. It's to be in awe of him. To know that he is someone to respect, to honor, and to love. When I think about how we ought to respect God, it reminds me of the great children books written by C.S. Lewis of the Chronicles of Narnia. In the Chronicles of Narnia, there's a part in there that that Aslan is going to meet Susan, and and Susan's talking to the beaver, and it says it this way, it says this, uh, Aslan is a lion, the lion, the great lion. Ooh, said Susan, I thought he was a man. Is he quite safe? I so feel rather nervous about meeting a lion. Safe, said Mr. Beaver. Who said anything about safe? Of course he isn't safe. But he's good. He's the king, I tell you. See, when you reverence God, you're not concerned if he's safe, if he's something cuddly, something's close I can get into. But you know that he is good. Help me tell you your God, God is good. And so when you respect him because you know he's a good dad, he's a good father, he's a good God, and he's going to take care of us. So we don't have to worry about is he safe, but we know that he is good. And if you know that he is good, then you know that everything is going to work out. Because he is good. And so in our test today, we find out about our good God, about how our God tests Abraham's faith to see if he truly feared the Lord. I want you to grab this because Genesis 22 verse 12 makes it clear here. When he satisfied God, he says, now that you fear God, I know that you fear God since you have not withheld your son, your only son he noticed that God knew that he had to test him to test his faith. And once he proved himself worthy, God says, now I know you fear God. And so we ought to fear the Lord through faithful obedience to the word of God, trusting God, believing in God, knowing God. I want you to understand today that to fear God is to be obedient to God. And so, therefore, to obey him, you must trust him where our faith comes into place. Let's join into the text, Genesis chapter 22. See, where we are in the 22nd chapter uh, is, is that Abraham now has Isaac. If y'all are familiar with this, that Abraham was an old man when God told him he was going to have a child. And then he had to wait 25 years for that child. Then, if y'all do the math right, that's 75 to 100, he'd get a baby. All right. And so he 100 years old. He finally get the baby he was waiting for. And now God tells him, you need to go kill your son. Now, here it is that we find this, that Abraham's already been through a lot. He, he, Abraham was a rich man. Matter of fact, he is so rich that when 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 Sodom and Gomorrah was taken over by another king, Abraham took his his boys and said, we're going to whoop them. They can't take my nephew like that. So they went and beat him up and said, lot, all right, here you go. Go back to your property. And then he goes back. I want you to understand that Abraham was a wealthy, good man, knowing he had power and authority. But yet here it is that uh, God was show him that though you've been blessed with wealth, you've been blessed with health. But do you trust me? And so here it is that God is going to show us how he tests Abraham in the 22nd chapter uh, of Genesis. Um, I want to read with a, uh, just join with me as I walk through this text a little bit. Sometime later, God tested Abraham's faith. Abraham, God called. Do you notice there it says sometime later, God tested Abraham's faith. I want you to see here clearly here that this was not a surprise to God. God had a plan in mind. Y'all, y'all quiet on uh, it. If, if a teacher comes into your class and says, class, we got a test, it means they prepared a test. I mean, this was not something on accident. This is something that they've been working towards to. I, I was at a church in this place. Yes, he replied, here I am. Take your son, your only son, yes, Isaac, whom you love so much, and go to the land of Moriah. Go and sacrifice him as a burnt offering. Because somebody say burnt offering. On one of the mountains, which I will show you, the next morning, Abraham got up early and saddled his donkey and took two of his servants with him, along with his son, Isaac. Then he chopped wood for fire for a burnt offering and set out for the place God had told him about. On the third day, could somebody say third day. Of their journey, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. Stay here with the donkey, Abraham told the servant. The boy and I will travel a little farther. We will worship there, and then we will come right back. See, Abraham was asked to fear God. God was testing him. Proverbs one and seven says, The fear of the Lord. Is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. I hope we don't have any fools in the house today. Because if you fear God, then you know fool. Y'all quiet on. The Bible says it here: the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. To know God is to fear God. Second, I want to point out to us too: to fear God is a quality that God is after. In Job 1 and 8, it says that the Lord said to Satan, have you considered my servant Job? For there is no one like him on the earth, a blameless and upright man, fearing God and turning away from evil." Notice that God told Satan, I am pleased with Job because he fears me. He he didn't say because he made sacrifices every morning and every day for his children, which he did. He didn't say because he had a big house and he kept on giving me things. No, he said because he fears me and he shuns evil. He's a good man. See, God wants us to fear him so that we will know him. And when we know him, we know that he is what? Good. So love. God more than anything else is also to fear God. Notice here in this testing. Notice how he tells him who Isaac is. It says your son. And, and and notice here in the in the text. Y- y'all see that there? It says take your son, your only son. Now, now that's funny to us. If you are familiar in the text, and definitely the readers of this text are familiar, this is not his only son. Uh, uh, earlier, when his faith was tested. Uh, Sarah and Abraham didn't really believe that God could do something with Sarah. So Sarah said, God said, you're going to have a baby. Well, take my maiden and have a baby. Now, now they got the baby, and then now Sarah got mad. Say, so you need to get that boy out of here. Because eventually she finally did have her son and didn't realize, I don't want any competition in this house. Get her out. But Abraham was weeping and crying, and God told him that that's not the blessing. That's not the promise. I will bless him because he is yours, but he is not the blessing. And so he was tested before not really trusting in God to provide for him. Now that he has weaned the child and grown the child, the child is strong and strong, had some time to love him and, and dote on him and play some daddy and son games with him and work with him, now he has to sacrifice him. Jesus says that we are not worthy. To be his disciples if we don't love him more than we love our mother our father our brothers our sisters yes even your own life you're not worthy to be his disciple and so we must realize that if i fear god i must love him above everything else those who are looking for relationships many times people are looking for the 10 right i want the 10 i want a 10 wife i want a 10 husband i encourage you stop looking for the 10 and seek the one Once you find God and place him number one, everything else starts adding up. You're going to start seeing tens all around because God's going to bless you. Oh, I always I had one more witness in this house. That he will bless you with favor that you gonna find who he has made for you. I said who he has made for you. And so that's the one you want to be with. And that's the one that God will bless you with. You notice that when we place God in the proper order, it seems everything else will line up. Abraham is placing God in the proper order. And he says, I want you to go sacrifice your son, Isaac. God is testing him to see how much he fears him. Do you love me with all your heart, with all your might, with all your strength? Does that sound familiar to anybody? Deuteronomy 6 and 4 says, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul with all your might. Matter of fact, they had to say that every day and every morning. Hear ye, O Israel, the Lord is our God. The Lord is one. You shall love him with all your might, with all your... They said that every day. That was a part of their daily prayer to remind them who God is. I wish I had one more person in this house that says, Thank you, God, for reminding us of how good and faithful you are so we should take some time to thank him and bless him and worship him each and every day of our life because he's been good to us and he, he he commands us he commands us to honor him and worship him because we were created to worship him I wish I'd someone that could understand what it means like when you program something it don't work anybody had that before you bought something you programmed it for work and it didn't work you were not very happy with that in my, in my talking to somebody here somebody say amen and so imagine how God programs you, created you for you to love him and for you to serve him, and you don't work. You can't blame the maker. And so we got to stay focused and do what he calls us to do and programmed us to do, follow his commands, his instructions. Notice how God gave Abraham the instructions. He says, I need you to take your son and And take them to the place I told you to, and I'll show you where. Notice it does not say mountain there. It just says go to the place of Moriah. And then when he got there, it says he saw the mountain in the distance. To to us may not mean anything to us, but if you continue to read and you look into uh, 2 Chronicles and and you see chapter 3 when Samuel, I'm sorry, Solomon is building the temple. He builds it on Mount Moriah. And that's symbolic because that's where David saw God appear to him and kill the family but yet before that, that's where God appeared to Abraham. There's something special about this place. This temple. And notice what they do in the temple. What they do in the temple, they make sacrifices. Here's the beginning of the establishment of sacrifices unto God. Right here. Y'all see that there? Y'all see? Y'all can say amen. No, I'll, I'll explain it quickly. Y'all, y'all got it? I, I can't hear you. y'all got it. Yes. All, right, all, right, all right. All right. I'll take my time. Now I want y'all to get this. I don't want y'all. Walking. I don't know what he was talking about. So here it is that he's testing them and showing them and he wants them to see how good he is. And so Abraham now has been blessed by God in his old age with a child. And now God is asking him to sacrifice his child. And I want to highlight some special things here within this text to echo us to us. Notice that it says, as a three day journey. Three days. That's to mean something to us who love the Lord. Because on the third day, he rose again. Do, do you, can you see how Abraham was already ready to bury Isaac? He's already been told you're going to have to kill your son. So for three days, he's mourning. That I'm going to have to kill my son. But notice what he says. He says, Workers, y'all stay here. We'll be back. And so not only did he see the death, but now he sees there's going to be some some some, some kind of a resurrection. Y- y- y'all quiet on me. I-, I-, I was at a few more. But I see here. I feel a few, few more amens in the front. But he, he says in three days, they take a journey. And on the third day, they make their destination. But it says we'll be now now, with my mind imagination, as a child, I always imagined that Abraham was only going to just to take a knife. But notice he takes knife, wood, and fire. So that means from the ashes. Abraham believed that God could restore. That starts speaking to my spirit, a thing about God, how I burnt up my life. And yet, you were able to restore me. Is that somebody else's testimony? You can look over your life and say, God, I destroyed, I made a mess, but you were able to restore us and bring us back into a place that we can honor you and serve you. Abraham believed that God, I believe, some way, somehow, you can make the impossible possible. I'm supposed to give up my son, but I believe that, God, if you made a promise that we'll be back, you'll restore him back to me. You see, when he feared God, he believed that, God, you are a good God. You're not going to do evil. You're not going to do anything wrong here. So I believe, matter of fact, he tells it to his son. His son looks up and says, Daddy, I see the wood. I see the fire. But where is the lamb for the sacrifice? Father looks at him with great certainty and let him know that the Lord will. I, I was at one more witness here. The Lord will provide. <laughs> and, 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 and here it is. Here it is. Can you see there's a, a double meaning here because the Lord did provide. Because who is the sacrifice as they're speaking? Isaac is the sacrifice. And God provided Abraham with Isaac. So the Lord did provide. So he understood, hey, whatever God wants, he got it. And some of us in times in our lives, we forget what God gives us. We don't want to give it back to Him, but God's only blessed you so that you can be a blessing to somebody else. Don't try to hold on to it and be selfish, but say, Lord, here I am. You can use me if you can use anything. Take my hands, take my feet, right? You go speak to me. So when you give to God what's already His, He can bless it and multiply it and increase it. And so here it is. Abraham understands that God is yours already. So I will give it back to you. But guess what? I know you can restore it. what what you say to have the Lord giving the Lord, take it away what the Lord gave him? He says, I want to take him. But yet Abraham believes that, God, I believe you're going to give him back. Because he said, there's a promise, God. He said, you're going to promise me with multiple children. So some way, somehow you're going to take care. Of it. But I, I believe that this is the promise. You told me this is the promise. If this is the promise, then I know it's going to work out some way, uh, somehow. And so Abraham's faith, you see how his faith showed how he feared God, He trusted God, he obeyed God. And notice how the Father demonstrates his faith to the son, and the son is going. Now, now you, we, we continue reading, right? You see, he bound him up, and some suggest that, the, that, that Isaac might have been wrestling or fighting with him, but I, I, I would like to look this text to see that, since it doesn't mention that that Isaac was a willing participant. And being a willing participant, he was strong enough that if he wanted to fight his dad, he could because he carried the wood. I don't know if anybody ever been out chopping wood and carrying wood to the fireplace. But you carry enough wood to burn something. That's some heavy wood. They said he put the wood uh, on his shoulders. Y'all ever watch any in, in, near ancient eastern ways of how people carry stuff? They don't carry lo- little stuff on their shoulders. They carry whole heavy loads uh, on their shoulders and on their heads. And so here it is that his son was strong enough to carry all the wood. Yeah, y'all quiet. I'm mean, all to understand. The two servants stayed behind. My, y- y'all know, he had two servants. That I mean, he had a lot of stuff. It, Isaac was strong enough to carry half the stuff. And his daddy was still strong enough. Y'all see that? After a hundred some years, still strong enough to carry some other stuff. To go to the sacrifice. Abram, the father, shows his faith to his son. Abram, trusting God, is shown through his son on this three-day journey. Believing that some way, somehow, God can restore what is going to be lost. Notice the, the teaching we get here, that Yahweh will provide. And they name that mountain, as it says, that Yahweh will provide. Anybody here know that God's a provider? Give us this day our daily bread. He will daily provide for us what we need. Can somebody say, what I need? I'm glad you said it, because I did not say what I want, but what I need. I want a lot of stuff, but yet God knows what we need. And so when he gets there, they, they build the author still, the, the altar is still in faith of God's provision. Now this is nothing new to Abraham. Every time God blesses Abraham, Abraham builds an altar to, to worship and to sacrifice unto God. And so here it is that Abraham's going through the process. I believe Isaac have probably seen his dad do this another occasion. And, and so there they say, "Here we go, we got it. I still don't see the lamb." It's all right, his son. So he binds his son and lays him down. I'm Still, I can see Abraham in my mind's eye just saying, the Lord will provide. 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 Lord will provide. Abraham, Abraham. Yeah, yeah. I, I want you to grab the, t- the tense here. When God called Abraham, he said it once. Here I am. But now he's in the action. i got to catch your attention. Before you strike your son, i got to catch Abraham, Abraham. Here I am. Now I know you fear the Lord. Which shows us that God had to stretch him. God had to test his faith so that Abraham would know how great God is. There's some times in our lives that God's going to stretch us so that we'll know how good he is. It won't be easy times. It's going to be through those rough times, through those difficult times, that we're going to have to trust in God and believe that, God, I believe that some way, somehow, you'll make a way. That you are able to deliver me. You're able to heal me. When everybody else seems seems crazy and stupid and dumb, but, God, I believe if you put me here for this place and for this purpose, I believe some way, somehow, you are going to work it out. So Abraham's right there saying, Lord, you will provide, and God did provide. And, and and so I, I like how the, the author writes it out. You, can, you, can you join with me back in the text? Verse 12. Don't lay a hand on the boy, the angel said. Don't, do not hurt him in any way, for now I know that you truly fear God. You have not withheld from me your, even your son, your only son. Then Abraham looked up and saw a ram caught by his horns in a thicket. Notice notice what happens here. Notice that God did not tell him to do this. The author does not say that then in the text. It just says so he took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering in place. Can somebody say in place? Of his son. Oh hallelujah. Oh hallelujah. Do you notice that he understood that an offering had to be done. And so he says, "That'll do." (laughs) He looked up and saw. Now, now, can y'all join me and walk through me through this text? Where did you see that somebody had a ram on a leash walking with them? Where did you see some stranger walking by that lost their ram? Say, "Hey, have you seen my ram?" They understood that if anything was going to work out, God had to work it out. Abraham said, the Lord will provide. And lo and behold, the Lord did. He said, that'll work. I see you working, God. I see what you did there. I like that hashtag, God is good. And so he took the ram and made the burnt offering in the place of his son. I'm done dealing with this text, but can I bring you into the New Testament? Did you see some illusions and some echoes there? Abraham, take your son, your only son, whom you love. For God so loved the world, he gave his only son. God, God said, this is my beloved son, whom I am well pleased. God told Abraham, take Isaac, your beloved son. Notice another illusion here. Isaac carried the wood on your shoulder. Jesus carried our cross on his shoulder. Do you see another illusion here? In three days, everything worked out. You know, early that third day morning, he defeated death and restored life back in place. Do you, aren't you glad that God is able to restore us? Notice here that when Abraham feared God, it opened him up to see the work of God in his life. Do you want to see miracles? Or do you don't want to see power in your life? Just submit yourself and surrender to the power of God and let God just be God all by Himself. Good day, now children. May the Lord bless you real good. But on your way home, you ought to testify you serve a good daddy. You got a good God that been looking out for you. You want to. Love him with everything that you have. Oh, Lord, uh, I'm so glad uh, that God is good all by himself, uh, that he can make a way out of no way, that he can provide for you what nobody else can provide, that he can speak into your life. He can lead you into new places, take you into new directions. uh, I'm so glad uh, I'm done now. uh, I just want to say, yeah. Yeah. Answer glad. So fear the Lord, serve him with all your might, with all your strength. And I, and, I, and I dare that you can't testify that you see the goodness of God in your life. that notice that Abraham had to go by himself. There's going to be times in your life you have to go by yourself. But you'll be reminded that God is still watching. God is still looking. Because God is the one that's protecting you. He's the one guiding you. He's the one carrying you. And you can't take yourself any further. I want you to know that God will speak and move at the right time. Because somebody say at the right time. At the right time, he can call out your name and change your situation. How did Him say hush? Hush. Somebody's calling my name. Notice how God called out Abraham. Aren't you glad he knows your name? He calls you friend. So here's your challenge. To fear him. To fear him is to serve him. To fear him is to obey him. To fear him is to love him. Let us pray. God, we thank you.